Good morning. Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Maura Z, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, March 20th, 2019. And today we're reading from the big book, and we are at page 14 in Bill's story. We will be reading the second paragraph that starts these revolutionary and drastic proposals and reading that one paragraph and commenting on it. Today's readers are Tenzin P. for the 12 Steps, Lindsay W. for the 12 Traditions, and Katie G., Leon B., and Barbara E. reading the text. The reference numbers for yesterday's meetings. Yesterday, 7 a.m. share ID, 12,675. That's 12675. And yesterday's 10 a.m. meeting, 12,676, that's 12676. Always preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. Mm. Excuse me. We welcome, yes, there are no fees, there are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And Tenzin P, would you please read the 12 steps of OA for us? Yes, uh, with, uh, with gratitude. Uh, Tenzin P checking in. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, 
except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. So 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive of readers and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much. Wishing everyone a blessed day. Thanks so much for your service, Tenzin. And Lindsay W., would you please read the 12 traditions of OA? Yes, good morning. This is Lindsay W., a compulsive overeater from Houston, Texas. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks for letting me do service. I pass. Thank you, Lindsay. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic in literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. At about two minutes, 50 seconds, I'll give a general reminder, but I do hope that you all will be timing yourselves if you can. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, Press star one to unmute your phone. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. 
and then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We're in the chapter Bill's story. We're on page 14 and we're going to be reading the second paragraph that starts with these revolutions. We, we don't hear you. you. Yeah. Mara Z. Katie G, why don't you begin the reading, please? Okay. Leah, thank you so much. This is Katie G, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Boston. Page 14. These were revolutionary and drastic proposals. But the moment I fully accepted them, the effect was electric. <clears throat> there was a sense of victory, followed by such a peace and serenity as I had never known. There was utter confidence. I felt lifted up as though the great clean wind of a mountaintop blew through and through. God comes to most men gradually, but his impact on me was sudden and profound. KGM starting my timer in Boston. What a beautiful paragraph, um, you know, the changes that came into my life as the result of accepting these proposals, the 12 steps, and um, accepting means to receive willingly. And so for me, that means action, right? Entire abstinence and these 12 steps each and every day. I had to change one thing, and that one thing was, was everything, right? Because I had lived my life based on fear, based on lies, based on insecurity, based on selfishness, based on getting what I want and believing if I just got what I want, I, I'd be happy. So I'd plow you, I'd plow through everybody else to get what I want. And then eating was always my solution when life didn't go my way. And I came in and I battled in OA um, and I I got to the point where I was at a job I didn't want to be doing. I didn't like myself. I was abstinent, and I felt like I was doing prison time. And I went to a meeting um, where, where they practice these 12 steps as vigilantly as we do today. And thank you, God, that first time that I went through the steps, I absolutely was lifted up. And I, there's so much beautiful imagery here, right? Like we talk about, um, our, Bill talks about his character defects being removed, root and branch. And then he feels God and he gets lifted up. For me, uh, my spiritual awakening wasn't like Bill's. It wasn't like a sudden burning bush. But I looked at the word gradual, and I love it. It means um, to slowly um, occur by steps or degrees. Ha ha, no pun intended. You know, I came into the rooms, and I was at rock bottom, and I started just saying, thank you, God, thank you, God, thank you, God, thank you, God, to go over the loud noises of, you know, awfulness that were in my head. And when I did the steps, I just slowly... I slowly started to see God, like he was with me all this time, but because of the steps, which what's the point of the steps, to uncover, discover, and discard everything that's not me, all the selfishness, the lies, the manipulation, using people, um, and when that's lifted, there are no voices in my head left. 
right? Because God is in the moment. God is in the right now. And when I'm not in fear and I'm not in regret and I'm not in resentment, I can be in the right now. And that is a continual process for me that I, on a daily basis, I'll wrap up with this, I must accept willingly what are the action steps that I have to take, that I get to take to stay connected to power. But I hands down, if you are in the food, if you're making yourself puke, if you're you're dying of anorexia, there is a place here. And I promise you, if you can't stand yourself, you're in the right place. God is going to lift you up and put you in a place like where I am today. I don't even recognize the woman is that's in the mirror or the life that's around me. And that has nothing to do with me and everything to do with God. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. Sorry about that, guys. The little man had auto-muted me. So here I am. And please, who would like to share on this? If you'd give me your first name and your last initial, um, and I'll repeat it back, you'll know I've heard you. Star one. Nessa R. Nessa R. And Barbara. Barbara E. Basa O. Basa O. Janice P. Craig, is that you? Yes. Janice P. M. One more. Nancy S. I'm sorry, is that a Nancy S? Okay, we'll go with this then. I've got Nessa R, Barbara E, Vasa O, Craig F, and Janice PM. Nessa R, would you please go ahead? And if you're not Nessa R, please throw one to mute your phone. Thank you. Good morning, vision for you. My name is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, I started my recovery journey in December 2011. Uh, I don't remember the exact date, but it was the first day of the Jewish festival of Hanukkah. And I started um, weighing almost 200 pounds, and I was, um, I, I still am 5'1", five, five you know, very, very short and, and, and petite. And so when summer came about, I emerged um, from the hibernation in a normal body. And, of course, friends, relatives, neighbors all came out to ask me, what did I do? Was I well? You know, all those questions that people get asked when there's a there is a drastic change. And one neighbor in particular who had always been obese and struggled uh, with, you know, the yo-yo dieting up and down like I had came over to me and asked me what I'd done. And I said, you know, I joined um, OA, um, uh, a 12-step program for recovery from compulsive overeating. And she said to me, um, I've been to one of those meetings. It's very severe. And the implication there was um, not for me. I don't think I have to do all this. I don't think all this is necessary. And yes, these are drastic proposals because it is a drastic disease. And, you know, the first nine years that I was in OA, um, I was like most people in OA. I took myself seriously in the disease lightly. Um, I didn't believe that this disease was as drastic, let's say, as alcoholism or drug addiction, you know, it's very clear in everybody's mind that an alcoholic cannot take even so much as one drop of alcohol into his system, that a drug addict cannot take as much as one 
I don't know, whatever, sniff or shot of, 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 of a drug into the system whatsoever. But with the food, well, you know what, this is just a little bit. It's only, it's only one bite. It's only one piece. It's not going to kill me. And the truth is, 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 is this. It won't kill me instantaneously, but it will kill me. And until I stop making excuses for the disease and justifying the lack of severity and saying, you know, this is as deadly as alcoholism and this is as deadly as drug addiction. Maybe it doesn't kill me as fast, but it will kill me. You know, I, there was nothing I, I, I could do. There's nothing I would do. It was only when I understood that this is a drastic disease that the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind make me so powerless that I am doomed, as doomed as an alcoholic, as doomed as a drug addict. And without, without, without that understanding, there, was any, there wasn't any impetus for me to become 100% abstinent and do all the work that is required uh, by these 12 steps in order to recover in mind and body. Um, you know, thank God I got to that point of understanding, and I hope that those of, of us who are struggling in the rooms and out of the rooms come to the same understanding that these are drastic proposals because this is a drastic disease. And um, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. Barbara E., it's your turn, followed by Vasa O. Thank you so much. Well, for me, too, the first uh, step was complete and immediate comprehension. I, I understood the news. You, Barbara E., have a disease. It could be fatal. Every part of me wanted to give way and curl up in a ball and plummet down into a mine shaft. I couldn't keep doing this to myself and my family, but I had no power. I was without hope. That's when fate stepped in and someone said, don't give up. There is something that can save you. This program of spiritual transformation can, if you're humble and willing and honest, it offers you salvation. But you must keep your mind open to the possibility of outside intervention. In other words, a God concept of your own making. I was told there was a book filled with directions and it might be my way out of that mind shaft and even give me the opportunity to help others do the same. Why would I want to do that, I wondered. I then thought it was all about me. Of course I was skeptical, but what did I have to lose? Misery, isolation, self-loathing. So I became obedient and I did and continued to do the steps every day. And it worked. No one was more shocked than me. When I finally accepted a God that loved me in spite of my flaws, a sense of calm and serenity washed over me. And I began to understand that I'm when, when I am willing to do the right thing and help others, I'm rewarded with an inner peace no amount of food could ever provide. For many of us, compulsive overeating has been our only solution for as long as we can remember. In recovery, we realize that it never provided all the things that it promised. The beauty of recovery is that we now experience a true sense of tranquility that does not come from external sources. It comes from within. How lucky we are that there is a solution. 
I'm no longer a poser, a person who behaves one way in order to impress others. I am my authentic self. I am me. And a true sense of electricity as a sponsor goes through the steps and two begins to see the promises come true, courses through me. This program has given me a new sense of emotional maturity that started with humility. It has enabled me to understand and manage my emotions with the help of my God concept. I now realize I could never truly love. Gentle reminder. Thank you. I could never truly love, experience the love of God until I was able to begin loving others without any expectation of reward or return. It took me a long time to learn that, but the ultimate reward is salvation. Thank you, Atea. Thank you, Barbara. Uh, Vasa O, it is your turn, followed by Craig F. Thank you. Can I be heard more, Z? Yes, clearly. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Vasa, grateful, grateful, recovered, uh, compulsive reader. And it's a wonderful paragraph here. It just reminds me from where I was to where I am today. I started my recovery on October 25th in 1986. My first meeting, I came to my Overeaters Anonymous. Um, the, the, the changes for me happened uh, when I took step one. And I did the three steps. I can, he can, I will let him, whoever you are, higher power, the 12 steps. I I was done. I was just done. This disease was just going to kill me. And it was getting progressive. And I thank God there were people before, that, before me that went. And they, they went through even more suffering than I did, you know, than myself. So the progression was getting really, really worse. And God led me. You know, I was led in the 12 steps when I was ready, when I was willing to surrender and uh, I'd love to hear it. So this, these were revolutionary and, and drastic proposals, but the moment I fully accepted them, the sex was electrical, and that's what happened to me. When I, once I surrendered, you know, this is my experience, on my knees, in that bathroom, I said, God, please help me, forgive me for all the sins I committed, whatever the character traits, sins, you know, I didn't even know what sin was or character trait was till I started uh, identifying with people. And uh, I felt that energy, I felt that power go from my head to my heart. And that was the beginning. That was just the beginning. And it was not the end. It was just the beginning, putting the food down. I had no clue anything about the allergy. I didn't know anything about the Mental obsession, I, I just was so thrilled. So I took it very seriously. I didn't want to die. This disease was going to kill me if I didn't do what I did and work the rest of the steps. You know, the step four was the, the hardest step for me to do because I had to deal with all the emotions, feelings, without running to the food and the rest of the steps. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass.
Thank you, Vasa O. Craig F., it's your turn, followed by Janice P.M. Good morning. This is Craig F., Recovery, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, this description um, of Bill's uh, spiritual experience was kind of a tripping point for me for a long time. Um, I, uh, I I would read this and say, you know, this uh, I wanted this spiritual experience. God came to most men gradually, but his impact on me was sudden and profound. Where was my sudden and profound? You know, I believed in God. H- hit me, you know, hit me with that lightning, man. I'm I'm ready for this uh, for this drastic change that uh, that I see him having here. And what I missed uh, was well, what I missed was an awful lot. Um, Bill, uh, if, as we've been reading for the last couple of weeks, I, and I've really seen it more clearly this time than I ever had before. In, in each of these hospital stays, uh, Bill has, has had a, a gradual spiritual awakening. He, he, he's been talking about, um, you know, how he, he wasn't really an atheist, but he didn't really uh, think God wanted much to do with him, you know, and, and then he, uh, he started to see God's uh, uh, hand in his life. He remembered the Westminster Cathedral <clears throat> experience and realized it wasn't uh by accident, uh, he, he started to he started to wake up spiritually with each of those hospital stays, and and on this last day uh, in, in the hospital, he's already worked the steps uh, uh, up until up to twelve at the point of this uh, clean wind. He he'd uh, uh, he'd already turned his life and will over to God's care. He he'd. Uh, um, uh, uh, started to uh, uh, make a list of the things that he'd done. Um, he, he'd had, uh, uh, well, at least step three here, and and so you know it wasn't it wasn't a zap out of the blue, you know. It, and and he, in other words, he'd done some work, and, and he had. Uh, Turned his life and will over to God's care. He he gradually come awake, and then he had this profound experience. And 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 you know, uh, I think my problem was that instead of putting myself in the position uh, to receive God's uh, grace, to receive that spiritual awakening, uh, that I that I had uh, maybe been just been almost resentful of the fact that it wasn't handed to me. Easily, you know, I wanted. I, I, I'm. Uh, I hate to think of myself as entitled, but I, I felt like I was entitled to that. You know, I was a pretty good guy. You know, why, why, why can't? Thank you. Why can't God just zap me and and change me and cure me? But he, he, God wants to do that on His terms, and I, I need to just, I need to surrender. And when I finally surrendered. The uh, the experience came, and with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks, Craig F. Miss Janice P. It is your turn, followed by Sandy S. Well, thank you so much, Miss Marla. My name is Janice P. M. <laughs> and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Oh, there's so much in this paragraph. Where do I start? All right, these were. What are these? Well, of course, we're talking about. You know, these simple but not easy 
steps, 12 steps. Well, revolutionary. They were revolutionary. My goodness, what does that mean, revolutionary? They're so extreme, you know. However, they're promising us that because of Bill's experience here that they're going to produce a radical change, an extreme radical change. Well, if I don't need a change, then there's no point of going on. But because of my human failure, <laughs> because of my human failure, the dra- it's not drastic because in my disease, there were drastic, drastic proposals here um, through my body and through my mind. The drastic, the drastic part of my disease was, you know, having knee replacements, high blood pressure, maybe cancer at the time, how it starts. But, you know, I'll try to figure out how to do it. So these proposals, um, not only in the, in the body, but in my mind, my life started going down and down and down. I mean, I was ready for d- divorce after five years of marriage. And, of course, uh, we lasted till five, 54 years until he passed away. So, you see, extreme? <laughs> yeah, what a wonderful way to live today. But anyway... Um, God comes, well, first of all, what is the purpose? What, what am I, why do I have to go through this? Why do I have to do, I put the food down, I wait, now you tell me about the steps. Well, that's the goal. That's my goal, to have, to find a power through these steps, to have a spiritual awakening as the result of them. Now, it was mentioned about a spiritual awakening, and, and we, we go to page 567. That explains the difference. Well, my, my recovery was gradual. It wasn't like a lightning bulb. I mean, I don't even know when it started. I know it took me a long time, but at least I know that today I've had a, a spiritual awakening, the result of these 12 steps that I have a way out today because I only accepted, didn't like it, Mm-mm-mm. didn't like it, but you don't have to like it. You just have to do it. Um, and that's what acceptance means. Oh, there's my, there's my three minutes. All right. Um, and it is profound. It happens and your whole life will change. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you, Janice. And Sandy S., a little bird told me that was the voice I heard, I didn't hear. Are you there to share, star one? Okay, perhaps not. Um, okay, so to let everybody know, uh, we are on page 14 in Bill's story, and we are reading the second paragraph starting with these were revolutionary and drastic proposals. And if you'd like to share, press star one and give me your first name and your last initial. Thank you. Nancy P. Nancy, Nancy P. Melissa C. Is there a Nancy T as well as a Nancy P? Yes. Okay. Just, and who else? Just to keep it confusing. Melissa C. Melissa C. Deborah R. Deborah R. 
Jen A. Devorah S. A. And Devorah S. We'll stop there. I got you, Devorah. Okay. I have Nancy P. as in Paul, followed by Nancy T. as in Tom, Melissa C., Deborah R., Jen A., and Devorah S. Nancy P. as in Paul, will you please get us started? Thanks so much, Maura. Um, thanks for letting me share. Yeah, I, um, uh, this is just amazing. You know, thank goodness it's all in, you know, whenever I'm ready for it. And, you know, I thought, you know, my surrender to powerlessness was pretty abrupt, even though it was after decades and decades, almost 47 years before I finally to the idea that I was powerless over food. And I got a lot, you know, I, the, the payback from that was, as they say, it was amazing, huge. But God's not done with me because, you know, I've often said that my problems are alive and well, and just in case I didn't think they were, um, new ones, nature abhors a vacuum, so new ones come up. And, um, you know, I recently got a, a note from my higher power that um, I haven't changed, in fact. What I've done is I've realized that I'm powerless. And so, and I've made a beginning in surrendering. But um, then something else came up that um, brought me up short again. And I realized that it's not my, it's not outside of me. It's not my life that needs to change or that I need to change within. It's me myself and you know when they were talking you know over the past you know couple of days when bill talks about how you know this root and branch and great clean wind and you know i've been on mountaintops when the wind is blowing and has felt connected to my higher power in a in a in a wonderful and um total way but the elevator only goes down and I guess I got off at mezzanine, and I um, I got on the elevator again, or or I was didn't realize I wasn't off the elevator, and I got off at another floor, a lower floor, and um, you know I'm sort of stuck between humiliation and relief, but um, but it's still scary to me, and um, you know I was um, with. Um, some people yesterday and I was talking about it and, and I said, you know, this is a big thing. This is a big thing in my life that I have to get through. The idea, luckily for me, and I, I won't, I'll wrap up in just one second. Luckily for me, I, eating is no longer even in my brain, but the feelings, yikes, they're horrible. And um, so, so it's like I described it as sort of walking along this road and, you know, you're outside and then suddenly you're, walking in water and it's much harder and then you come out of the water and you stagger a little bit when you get out of the water because you're not as buoyant and then you're walking again and then the wind comes and then you're sort of struggling against the wind that's sort of how I am right now and I'm sort of underwater a little bit and um but, you know I'm moving in the right direction thank you I'm moving in the right direction and luckily again for me everything except step one is open to interpretation I mean I get to uncover the meaning of it every day and um and so that's what I do. So, you know, I'm I'm here. Time. I'm grateful, and and I'm um and I'm moving forward. So thank you for letting me share. With that I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy P. Nancy T. 
As in Tom, as in Idaho, it's your turn. <laughs> Good morning, Maura. Thank you so much. Nancy T., recovered compulsive overeater, yes, and warming up Lewiston, Idaho. These were revolutionary and drastic proposals. So the proposals, as we've already heard this morning, are the steps. But the moment I fully accepted them. So what is Bill saying here by accepting them? What does it mean for him to accept the steps? He's accepting that those proposals that have just been presented to him are a solution to his alcoholism, of which he's never found a solution before that was lasting or permanent. And um, so in order to get the solution, he has to work the steps. So he's accepting the fact that these steps are going to bring about recovery from his alcoholism, and he has to work them, and he has to work them in the order that they are presented. And so that, you know, to accept something, especially what it's talking about here, that's a that's a big deal. That's working the steps. We can't just read them. We can't just acknowledge that they're there. We have to work them. We have to apply them to our life. And that's what I had to do. And then what's the result? The effect was electric. I can't even count how many times on this phone line that I've heard the phrase, I'm either going to get the effect from the steps or I'm going to get the effect from God. And um, so what's the effect that Bill's talking about here? He describes it. There was a sense of victory followed by such a peace and serenity as I had never known. There was utter confidence. I felt lifted up. And he goes on. He's had a spiritual experience here, a very profound spiritual experience. I never, I can tell you, even in the very early days of my eating, when I thought food was my God and did everything for me, I didn't do that. I did, I could not ever describe that experience from the food, but I have today. I can tell you that I have had that experience with the steps. And um, I, I've had the profound one, like much like what Bill is describing here. And um, But my spiritual journey overall, Craig kind of alluded to this, has been gradual. You know, I've, I've learned um, through uh, maybe trial and error is the right phrase to use, you know, to trust God with everything in my life, not just helping me keep the food down. That's just the very beginning. But to literally um, seek and desire to do his will for me, that's the change. That's the change. So um, I do have confidence today. I do feel lifted up. Every day is not perfect. Every day is not a 10, but they're all way better than the life I used to live in the food. The food is not going to ever do this for me, not even for a second. Um, thank you so much for being on the meeting with me this morning, and thank you for allowing me to be of service. Thank you, Nancy T. Melissa C., it's your turn, followed by Deborah R. Hi, Maura. Um, I think I'm going to lose my reception in a minute. If, if you could put the other person first, I would appreciate that. Thanks. Okay. Thank you. Deborah R., are you ready to share? Deborah R., star one. Yes, I, I'm, I'm here. Um, hi, everyone. This is Deborah R. Good morning and welcome to the newcomers. Um, glorious, wonderful day of recovery. Um, when I heard what we were reading, I just I wanted to share something about um, Bill's perspective on this um, 
and the victory followed by such a peace and serenity, this drastic um, change, these revolutionary and drastic proposals. He was lifted up clean on that mountaintop blue. Um, He writes in the language of the heart in the um, article, Spiritual Experiences, July 1962, and it's on page 275 of that book. He says, but as I look back now on this tremendous event, I can only feel very specially grateful. It now seems clear that the only special feature of my experience was its electric suddenness and the overwhelming and immediate conviction that it carried to me. In all other respects, however, I am sure that my own experience was not in the least different from that received by every AA member who has strenuously practiced our program of recovery. And on that same page, he, he also says, So nowadays, when AAs come up to me hoping to find out how one comes by those sudden experiences, I simply tell them that in all probability they have had one just as good and that there is identical accepting it had been strung out over a long period of time. And... um, he says, then I go on to say that if their transformation in AA extending over six months had been condensed to six minutes, well, they then might have seen the stars too. So um, that written almost 35 years later just seemed to ring true to this paragraph that he might have had this six-minute experience. But many, many of us, um, you know, just our belief in OA that we, you know, we too can have this thing are all available to any and every one of us. And um, we shouldn't, or I shouldn't, you know, feel that, you know, it's taken me longer, you know, when I hear Bill's story. Um, That's my buzzer and have a blessed day. Thank you, Deborah R. Melissa C., are you ready? Thank you. Yes, this is perfect. Thank you so much for being uh, able to do that for me. It's Melissa C., recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And, you know, I'm thinking about, like, the words drastic and, you know, in the readings that came before that it's simple but not easy. And how is something simple and not easy and drastic, you know, and um, that really is, for me, the definition of the steps. That's the great description of what these steps are because they're really quite simple. They're they're not very complicated. It's pretty clear if I, you know, if all I had to do to get something is to follow 12 sets of directions. That's pretty simple, but what makes it not easy and drastic is it goes against what I like. You know, it's not comfortable. It's not what I want. It doesn't, it doesn't feel good in that moment. Or, or funny enough, it really actually does. I only just thought it didn't feel good. 
And so it felt very drastic. And I, you know, I always loved drastic measures when it came to weight loss. Somehow that appealed to me. Like the more drastic, the more sexy and exciting it was, the more I was sure it was going to work. Um, you know, until I was like three days in and I was like, oh, I can't do this. Um, you know, and yet with these steps, um, Oh, God bless him. Um, I'm so grateful he's here, just like me, in need of this meeting. Um, you know, so, yeah, drastic are things I don't like, you know. And when I first came into the steps, um, I only thought that I accepted them. Um, but, you know, just listening to them and just sitting in a meeting doesn't actually mean that you're accepting them. So, no, I didn't have that white light experience. But the truth is that when I really did accept them and took – and how do I show that I'm accepting them? Well, by action, when you actually take the actions, those drastic measures, I did feel the nearness of my creator. And I'm learning more and more that every time um, – I am doing things or experiencing things that I don't like, that are painful, um, you know, and, and I'm in the midst of it right now. Um, when I take these actions, these simple directions, these drastic measures, I do feel the nearness of my creator. It is a white light experience. Um, this does work. And that is um, the, the incredible great message. We are promised that the nearness of our creator will come to us. You know, that's what we get, um, and that is better than anything I've ever tasted. And um, thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. Melissa C., Jen A., it is your turn, followed by Devorah S. Good morning, Maura. Thank you. This is Jen A., recovered in Colorado. Um, I, like Bill, took 40 years to get here, right? That's how long it took him to get to this place. And um, we see here it took him 14 pages into his story. I don't know about you, but when I wrote a foodalog, um, which was a history of my eating, <laughs> it was a lot of pages, 11, 12, 13, 14, and I still um, wasn't recovered. It was just the beginning of my journey. It was um, seeing where I had been and what got me to this place. And I love that we're at this place today because I am a girl of the promises. I love the promises. And I love when the promises are fulfilled as a result of doing this work. And that's what I see in my life today is promises fulfilled. And how do I know that those promises are fulfilled? Um, because I have this peace and serenity. And there is victory, right? And the victory is that, um, you know, I had never been able to do this ever, ever, ever on my own. Diets plans, pills, whatever. I've never been able to do it. And here I have this person guiding me. Yeah, that's God. He's overseeing me and overseeing everything that I do. And um, now I have victory over what? Victory over the food. And today, the food doesn't even call to me anymore. And now I need him for everything in my life, dealing with kids, relationships, work, coworkers, you name it. The guy on the street who's driving next to me who doesn't like the way I just pulled over into his lane because he's having a bad day and I'm not. And so now I experience what I call and what Bill says here, peace, right? I'm not disturbed. 
I'm free from those crazy, crazy thoughts running around in my head. I remember I used to drive down the road and be like, get out of my head. Like I would actually touch my head and say, stop it. Stop thinking about that. That's not there. That's not there anymore. Um, and relationships for me, they're harmonious today. Are they perfect? No, but there's more harmony in relationships. And my mom used to tell me, oh, just try and look cool, calm, and collected. I always used to love that one, right? Well, that's what serenity is. That's what I have today as a result of doing these steps, leaning into God um, with all my heart. And, um, you know, 40 years, 14 pages in, and um, now I'm truly seeing God everywhere. In fact, that's my favorite thing to ask you. If you call me, I'm going to ask, where did you see God today? Where are you seeing God work in your life and in the lives of others? Because that's how I know it's real. That's how I know that this paragraph that we read is a promise and it's being fulfilled in my life today as a result of doing this work. That drastic proposal had to be done. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Ken A. Deborah S., it's your turn. Hi, good morning. Thank you so much, Maura, and everyone on the line that makes this meeting possible. My name is Deborah S., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. And wow, very, very powerful meeting here. And um, what can I say? You know, God comes to most men gradually, but his impact on me was sudden and profound. It was very gradual for me. And for me, it was, you know, at the beginning, you know, just putting down the food. You know, that was a tremendous uh, proposal for me to call a sponsor and tell her exactly what I was going to eat and, not, and then follow it and not eat and do what was written on that piece of paper. That was huge. But every day that I did that, I was like, wow, you know, and, and she would say to me, ask God to help you. Ask God to help you. And I thought that was like, really? God really cares that I'm going to, this, this is what I'm going to eat today? But you know what? I did it. I did it day in and day out, and um, every day I did it, I looked down at my body, and it was still saying it was still the 280 pounds when I walked into this room, room, and I said to myself, "Gee, you know what? I feel better. Yeah, I feel better, but you know what? I'm not eating." And I kept doing it, and I kept doing it, and I kept doing it, and thank you, God. You know, gradually, you know, I, I the weight did come off. You know, thank God, 150 pounds it came off of my body. But that's not enough. It had it didn't stop there. I had to gradually look at the rest of this program, you know, and it took me a long time to really see that the weight loss was just not enough because I was left with me. And I had to lean into this rest of these proposals, these drastic proposals, and and get to work. And you know what? I'm I'm doing it. Thank you, God. Each day when I'm turning my life and my will over to God and stopping and pausing and turning and asking and calling a person and giving over what's going on, you know, there is a sense of, of serenity. Um, there is a sense of, um, you know, of, of, of peace and, um, you know, I, you know, and, and I'm, I'm just feeling and me seeing that God is there with me and for me. And God knows exactly what I need. And, um, and all these situations that come up, it's to bring me closer to him, um, to lean into him. And what a way, you know, here I was always leaning into the food and 
trying to escape life and, you know, getting, go into my room and pull the blankets over my head and just run away. And today, um, because of this program and because of these proposals, I'm looking to face life. I'm looking to turn to God and seeing what does he want from me? How can I best serve him? How can I be a, a, a role model of his, of his, Gentle um, reminder. Of, of, of what he wants from me and how to carry it out. So I'm just so grateful um, for everyone here on the line who shares of themselves and, and of these words in this book that gives me a way to live. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Devorah S. It is 7.52. We have time for one three-minute share. Who would like to Deborah do that? Deborah M. Deborah Good M., evening. it's all yours. Thank Go you. Go ahead, Deborah M. Yes, my name is Deborah M., and I'm from Buffalo, New York. And I love this piece because this, this part of the book really took a long time for me to get. I come from a background where over 30 years ago I did get on my knees, surrendered my life to God, and I had a spiritual experience that was amazing. And I'm hoping this will help anybody there on the line to identify with. It was, it was amazing. changed my life. Things were not the same. One day was one way, another day was totally different. So as this disease began to progress, I really believe that I, the answer was the same that I had known before. would get on my knees and pray, and I would wait and wait and wait, and I got bigger and bigger and bigger, and it got to the point where it was obsessive, where I didn't say the right prayer, didn't go to the right church, didn't... Um, all these things I was trying to do to recreate a spiritual experience that I had that would release me from this disease. When I realized through the program and wonderful sponsors that I had a disease, I'm a registered nurse and I got it. Um, wow, doctor's opinion really helped so much. But I was prejudiced. I was prejudiced because I prejudged that my higher power was going to take care of me the same way he had taken care of me in the past. So I'm making this very simple. But I realized that, um, actually it was in the agnostics, although we're not there yet, that I had prejudged God in the way that he was going to treat this disease. And when I realized that everybody on the line didn't have to be the same, I mean, talk about ego, the same as me. I never judged any of you, but I I just didn't understand what you were talking about. But when I said, wow, I have prejudged you, God, Um, I'm sorry, show me. And then began a wonderful spiritual awakening that um, as a recovered person, I am still experiencing, still having so much joy and I just hope this would help anybody else to not prejudge how God is going to come to us as we surrender ourselves to this program. So I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Deborah M. And that takes us to 755 on the nose. And thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. Today's share ID 12,678 12678. And I will now ask 
Leon B., if you would please read from the big book on page 164, and then we will say the serenity prayer together. Good morning. This is Leon B., recovered compulsive overeater from Simpsonville, South Carolina. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.